What we are starting this week is a new series, and I'm super excited about this. And I'm excited about the content we're going to cover. Um, and this series is based off of squirrels. Um, and so uh, squirrels to me are fascinating. Uh, I live in a neighborhood out by Burnham Forest. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of squirrels. And squirrels are frustrating because uh, if you know, they, they like to do that little dance in the road, you know, and, and that thing. In fact, and this is a sad part of the story I told Rusty, I actually hit a squirrel on the way in today. And, yeah, and I felt really terrible and then I just moved on with my life. But uh, I felt bad for a second. And so, uh, especially what I was talking about. Now, this sermon series, it's about squirrels, but it, it comes from a certain thing, a certain aspect of squirrels. So I'm always listening for sermon ideas and, and trying to, I have a notes thing on my phone where something I see a sign or I hear something or read something, I just jot it down, take a picture, always thinking of stuff. Now, one of the other professions, and I don't think that I'm one of these people, understand that, but one of the professions that I study a lot is stand-up comics. And the reason I study them a lot is because in my mind, as far as our professions go, there's no two professions that are very similar in some ways. We, we get up in front of an audience, we, we talk, we kind of bare our souls but it's up to you guys and your response, whether it's good or bad. And so I'm always listening to stand-up comedians, trying to understand cadence and all of this stuff. And not too long ago, I heard a stand-up comedian that had a joke about squirrels. And, and you know, the, the joke was not that funny, but the statistic that came out of this was amazing to me. So you guys know, if you live in an area with squirrels, and most of us have them around there, especially this time of year, the squirrels are very active. And the reason they're very active is because what they're doing is they're planning for the winter, right? And so they're going and they're getting nuts and seeds and stuff like that, and they're burying those in the ground. Now, what's fascinating is you see squirrels working so hard to do this. But the statistic that came up in this joke that I looked up to make sure it was true is that 60 to 80% of the nuts and seeds that squirrels hide away, they never find. <laughs> 60 to 80 percent. One study done by Rutgers University, they wanted to figure this out, they estimated 74 percent of the nuts and seeds that squirrels plant and hide away, they never find, which was fascinating to me. I mean, you think about it. I mean, they do all this planning and this working. They risk death by running across the roads and across power lines and jumping from trees just to bury these seeds and nuts that 74% of the time, it doesn't even work out. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like a squirrel a little bit? That you do all this planning and all of this working and all this running around only to find out that the majority of the time, it doesn't work out the way that you thought. That your best laid plans don't often come to fruition. So I was thinking about that. Like, here's this thing. Like, we do this. We all make plans. And if you're like me, you are, and I can't, I'm a control person, right? I like to be in control of every situation and everything. I like to control and work to have control over situations. And for most of us, we, we do this. We store and we work and we stress and we worry and we do all of these things only to realize that a good percentage of the time, it doesn't work out the way that we hoped. It doesn't work out the way that we had planned for it to work out. I mean, how many plans do we actually make? And what happens, the bigger question is, when those plans don't work out the way that we hoped. And sometimes it's because stuff happens. 
Sometimes it's because of like squirrels. Maybe we get forgetful of what we even had planned. Or maybe we get distracted. We get distracted. Like we have this idea of the way we'd like for things to work out, but then it just doesn't happen. And so we have all these plans. We have all these ideas of the future and who we are and the direction we're going. But then sometimes it just doesn't work out. So what I want to do is talk through this for the next four weeks. What do you do when it doesn't work out the way that you hoped or the way that you'd planned for it to work out? Now, there's this great verse in James, and James is the brother of Jesus. And so he writes this book early on in the church. And at the end of the book, in James chapter 4, he gives us this great verse that kind of is going to illustrate kind of what we're talking about. And he says this in verse 13. He says, Some of you say, Today or tomorrow we will go to some city. We will stay there a year, do business, and make money. So you've got this plan, okay? And you're going to see, and we're going to talk about this, plans aren't bad. You don't want to be lazy. The Bible talks badly about people that are lazy and just fly by the seat of their pants. No, it's okay to have a plan as long as you realize that sometimes those plans have to change and that there's things that happen and obstacles along the way. But do do you do not know what will happen tomorrow? Your life is like a mist, now, to illustrate for you guys what a mist looks like, I got a bottle of Febreze. It's called a Febreze mister. And so that's your life, right? It smells good. You know, it's sweet, you know, all that stuff. But it's like it's here and then it's gone. And the older I get, turning 41 this year, the more that I realize that that's what life is like. I mean, it just goes really fast. He goes on to say, you can see it for a short time, but then it goes away. So you can make all of these plans, you can do all of these things, but then life happens. Or maybe your plans don't align with the life that God wants for you. So he goes on to say, so what you should say is if the Lord wants, we will live and do this or that. And so the point he's trying to make is this ultimate realization of, and this is unfortunate for many of us, me included, of how little control we actually have. We think we have control. We, we have this idea that we have control, but then life actually happens. And, and things change. And we have to be open to the fact that things may change. And could it change because it's outside of God's will for your life? Or let's just be honest, life happens. Things change. And so what do you do when things change? So what I want to do, and we're going to talk about all of this. So all we're going to do is we're, we're going to race through the whole month today And then we're going to come back and talk about these things in in more detail. But I want to go ahead and help you guys by giving you a cheat sheet for the rest of this series. Um, And and you should pay attention to this because this is a cheat sheet that's going to help you in life. Okay, so here are the things you can't control. Ready? Here, Here are what they are. You cannot control the past. You cannot control other people as much as I have tried. I promise you. You can't do it. You can't control outside circumstances. And you cannot control other people's responses. If you would just learn, and if I would learn this simple tool, we can't control the past, we can't control other people, we can't control outside circumstances, and we can't control other people's responses. How much time and effort do we put into trying to do this? Only to realize we just can't. But the good news is there are a couple things that you can control, right? What can you control? It's real simple. You can control two things, you and your response, That's about all you have control of. And let's be honest, most of the time, some of the time, a lot of the time, we don't even have control of ourselves, do we? All right, so in light of all of this, what do we do? 
What do we do when detours arise, when things don't go as planned, when there's things out of our control that pop up in life? We've planned, we've worked, what do we do? So today we're going to take a snapshot at some things that we need to ask ourselves and things we need to look at when things don't go the way that we hoped. So the first question I want to ask is this. Whenever it comes to this, does this change my ultimate goals? So what happens is whenever life changes a little bit or things pop up, we get hyper-focused on that. And all of our attention gets drawn to that immediate thing. And that's not bad. That's kind of human nature. But sometimes what happens is these little things pop up and all of a sudden we feel like our entire life is falling apart because of something that's right here, right now. But the question is, when these things happen and it doesn't go always as planned, does this have to change your ultimate goals? So what are your ultimate goals? Well, your ultimate goals in my understanding of this, where do you want to be in life? And who do you want to be in life? Where do you want to be in life? And who do you want to be in life? And when I say where, I'm not talking about where you live. I'm talking about at the end of the road, where do you want to be? When it's all said and done, where do you want to be in life? So many of us get distracted by the immediate and lose sight of the ultimate. We, we lose sight of what are our long-term goals. What's the end game here? What's the plan for the end? And yes, there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be detours. There's going to be switchbacks we have to take. That's all part of it. But does it have to change our ultimate goal? The other thing to consider is when it comes to these ultimate goals in life, and if these little things that pop up can detour us so much, well, then maybe we need to ask the question, is our ultimate goal tethered to something that's out of your control? So many of us, we have these ultimate plans for life, these ideas where we like to be, but we have to realize that sometimes some of those things we tether life to are out of our control. For example, okay, if in your life you have set a destination like to be married by a certain age, right? Some of us did that. Some of us are still doing that. We want to be married by a certain age. Well, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But if that's like your ultimate goal, well, the reality is you have very little control over that, don't you? Or how about this one? This is more pressing for a lot of us. That you have a certain number of children who will look, act, and have an outcome that you desire. Anybody had kids? Do you get to determine how they turn out? Now, you have influence over that. Don't get me wrong. But you don't have the ultimate outcome over that. Or how about this? A certain success in your career. So many of us, those are the things we tether our ultimate goals to. And those are actually good things and things we should work before. But they also have the ability to set you up for disappointment. The reality is there's no formula or amount of effort that guarantees you will obtain any of those things in the way in which you would like. So what should we attach our compass to? What should we attach our ultimate life goals towards? Well, the Bible is pretty clear about this. That when it comes to this understanding of what we need to attach ourselves to, the Bible says over and over these kind of constant reminders. For example, Proverbs chapter 3 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. I don't like this verse, and here's why. Because I like to lean on my own understanding because I think I'm pretty smart. Right? Anybody else? The problem is, is that I don't factor in all of the things that I don't have control over. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. 
The Bible, again, talks over and over about attaching ourselves to the kingdom of God that will not and won't change, that it's this constant, it's this thing. And in a life where everything seems fleeting and sometimes out of control, have we attached ourselves to something that will not change? And so what are our ultimate goals connected to? And again, it comes back to where do you want to be and who do you want to be? Now, the rest may still work out the way that you'd hoped. That's a possibility, and I hope that it does. I hope you have the life that you imagined. I hope that you get married at the age. I hope that your kids are all little blessings. You know, I hope all of those things, right? But sometimes it doesn't turn out that way, does it? So here's the question. When things don't work the way that you planned, hoped, or try to control, does it have to change where you ultimately want to be? The second one that I think that goes along with this is this. Taking alternate paths doesn't always mean failure. Just because it didn't work out exactly the way that you'd planned and hoped doesn't mean that it's a failure. Oftentimes when things don't work out the way that we hoped, we hear statements like, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Or when one door closes, another door opens. Let me go ahead and ask you this. When you're in a really bad mood because something didn't work and someone tells you that, does it ever help? No. Because it can be extremely difficult to hear those things when we wrestle with disappointing situations. This is because an option outside of what we originally hoped, right, in the moment doesn't seem like something good. But the reality is, is the, the, the idea behind this is a good one. We are finite beings without the ability to predict the future. And until we walk down a path, we cannot fully comprehend the possibilities that may be before us because the door originally closed. Now, my hope is that you, like me, are always trying to make wise and informed decisions. And that we actually, as the proverb says, that we trust in God and we trust that whatever road that we end up down, that that's actually for our better, even if it defies logic and initial feelings. And here's a question that we don't often like to ask. Is it possible the path we are on is a better one? Is it possible that this alternate route that you're all of a sudden find yourself on, it might actually be a better path? Or as Garth once told us when he was just the other night at a hometown football game, right? <laughs> Sometimes some of God's greatest, you know, things are when he doesn't answer the prayer that you'd hoped. Just because your path isn't like everyone else's doesn't mean it's a failure. And it doesn't mean that you can't end up where you want. And we have to learn that. We have to learn that just because it looks a little different than maybe his or hers or theirs. And this is tough with the holiday season coming up, right? Because you're going to be surrounded by people. You're going to be surrounded by in-laws, cousins. And there's this temptation to compare our lives. But maybe God has you on the path that's better for you after all. Which leads us to our next point when it comes to disappointment in life. You have to stop comparing yourself to others. There is no win in comparison. None. Every day, social media bombards us with announcements about engagements, weddings, babies, excited travel plans, and more. We hear about our friends who have been accepted into universities, received promotions at work, or building new houses, or driving new cars. We see all these great things happening in others' lives, and we can begin to wonder if we've failed at some point, or we've messed up at some point, or we've fallen behind in life. When we see people living these exciting lives that we wish we could be a part of, it's so easy to fall into FOMO, right? 
For everybody over 40, that means fear of missing out, right? Instead of embracing those thoughts, we need to recognize that comparison and jealousy are ultimately meaningless. One of the things we see over and over again in Scripture is this clear idea that we all have unique (laughs) gifts, callings, and paths in life. So we shouldn't view our current situation in life as greater or less than our peers. Because the reality is you may look at somebody else's life, but the reality is also someone's looking at your life. There's no win in comparison. There's no win in keeping up with the Joneses. The truth is that none of us can actually ever become someone else. Well, you can look at somebody's life and we can wish that, but we can't become them. It's impossible. You will never accomplish that. So what we should go, our goal should be, instead of trying to compare ourselves to others, trying to be like others, our goal should be to become the fullest version of ourselves. And what does that look like? What does that look like to become the best version of yourself? And I promise you, you will never achieve becoming the best version of yourself by living in the world of comparison. Now, when you find yourself in one of those seasons... When life hadn't gone the way it hoped, you hoped, and you're looking around, it seems like everybody's living their best life. Sometimes what we have to do, and this is a tough one, is remember that sometimes things do work out for the good, even when it wasn't what we originally planned. And and so we find ourselves in seasons, right? We've all done this. We've all found ourselves in seasons where it just doesn't seem to be going the way that we'd hoped. Which brings me to my next point, and this is the one that a lot of us don't want to hear, but, but here's what we have to hear. We have to learn to allow each season to shape you. There's this thing called perseverance. Perseverance is the idea that you're tested, and we've talked about this in a couple series ago, where you're tested and you come out on the other side stronger, better, and you know more about yourself, your spirit, your mind, your emotions. You, you do. The problem is we all know that we come out on the other side better, but nobody wants to go into it, do we? Because it sounds terrible. I don't want to be tested, right? I feel good right now. We've talked about seasons a lot around here over the years. This idea that you're in between places and things are not progressing the way that you'd expected, which we don't like. But many of us, if we're honest, and we take a look back at our life, and even though we can't control the past, if we look back at our life, what we would say is, even though going into it, I didn't want it, I'm better because I went through it. I'm better because that season was a part of my life. And so maybe we need to learn to appreciate the seasons that we're in, even when it's hard. The problem is, we don't like that. We're impatient. We want it to change quick. One of the things that I love about the Bible is just its open honesty. And in Galatians chapter 6, it says this, Let us not become weary in doing good. Because that's our temptation. When things aren't going the way we'd expected, our temptation is to take it out on other people, to hurt other people, to stop kind of believing and doing the right thing. And then it says this, For at the proper time, the Bible talks a lot about this, that there's like seasons. Okay, there's like a time for this and a time for that. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Which is also a great reminder about seasons. No season lasts forever, right? No season lasts forever. So like when it comes to the seasons we face in weather, it doesn't last forever. And so the reality is if you don't like the weather today here in Kentucky, just wait till tomorrow. 
because it could be a completely different season tomorrow. But the reality is no season lasts forever, and you know that, and I know that. And so when life doesn't go the way that we hoped, we have to remember this is just a season that we're in. And no season lasts forever. Which leads us up to our next one. If no season lasts forever and we can't control the past and we barely have any control of the future, here's what we have to learn. We have to learn to be in the present with gratefulness. Everybody looking at me right now and watching online, you just took a breath. That breath is a gift. You have life. And so maybe you need to learn to set in the moment sometimes. Did you know that most of our worries aren't about right now? Most of our worries for most of us are about tomorrow and what could be and what might happen. And maybe sometimes we have to learn just to set in the moment of now. There's all kinds of studies out there right now that have shown mindfulness and gratefulness have significant mental and physical health benefits. But it also has spiritual and emotional benefits. To just set. To just think. For example, some of you might be going through a hard time right now. Some of you might be going through something really stressful. Some of you, when we talk about this idea of when things don't work out, you're not like, yeah, I know it might or it will. No, it's right now. Your best laid plans have not worked. And you feel like a squirrel going back and forth, back and forth. And you just know, hey, this may not work out the way that I'd hoped. So I just want to ask a couple questions. And I'm not trying to be insensitive to the moment that you're in or the season that you're in. But let me ask you a question. Do you have a home to go to after this, right? Will you get to eat a meal today? Do you have someone who loves and cares about you? For most of us, the answer to all three of those is yes. There's a large percentage of people that have lived throughout human history and even today that would say, man, you got it good. So sometimes what we have to do is just remember the moment, the presence right now. My hope for you is that you will be assured. And I hope that you know this because we do and we believe in you. That you have people in your life that believe in you even if you've given up on them. I get life can be hard, but you have people in your life that have not given up on you. And you need to recognize there are people who know the kind of person you really are and still decided to stay. And that's pretty awesome. They love you anyway. And even if you don't feel that, what you have to know is that there is a God who believes in you and sent his son not just to die for you, but also that you might have an experience real life. And that's what I hope this series and these conversations over the next couple of weeks point you towards a life that escapes so many. Scripture narrates a way of wisdom, a path that God has set for us, filled with grace, mercy, and love. And too many times we get distracted and we miss it. But my belief is if you pay attention both to how God works and how the life works, you can find a better path. One more idea. 
is it possible, and I don't know, but is it possible there's something good that can come when it doesn't work out the way that you hoped? So those poor, poor squirrels, poor, poor squirrels, they can't find 74% of the nuts and seeds that they plant. I mean, that's a lot. But it turns out that it's actually a really good thing. Not just for them, but for everyone. When their plans don't work out, and they can't find the seeds that they've worked so hard to plant, do you know what happens to those seeds? They grow, and they become trees. Did you know that year in and year out, squirrels plant more trees <laughs> than any human effort Think about that. It didn't work out for them the way that they'd hoped, but now they benefit and we benefit. 74% of the time they miss the mark and it's a good thing. So maybe it's not so bad that sometimes we're like squirrels. Sometimes it just works out. Even when our best laid plans don't. Let's pray.